The subject matter of this episode is not incredibly heavy, and so I'm not going to make the subject matter of the intro heavy, because I've been thinking a bit too much lately. And I guess all I'll say is that I've been trying very hard to be grateful in every facet of my life, to my parents, to my friends, and to strangers. There's an interconnectedness that we don't always see, and I think it's important to take advantage of it. Today I spoke with Chris Casper Kelly, and we talked about movies and TV, and it was great. And he's a very, very kind guy, and I'm very thankful that he took time to speak with me. He has worked on adult swim shows, uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and he created the infamous short, Too Many Cooks, as well as the Cheddar Goblin in the Nicolas Cage film Mandy, and that was what we talked about for the most part. Um... Very interesting man with very interesting work, and I'm very appreciative to have talked to him, and I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Chris Casper Kelly. How was your Halloween? It was great. Um... We had some people over, and uh, I have two kids, so yeah, it was awesome. fun. And we have a dog the first year. This is the first year we have a dog. Oh. His name is Gilligan, so he was dressed as Gilligan, <laughs> like the 70s sitcom. That is fantastic. Do your kids get all worked up over it, Halloween? They're getting older, so they're about, um, it's winding down, but yeah, they had, a, they had a good time. Gotcha. How about you? Are you you're in Michigan? Yeah, I'm in Michigan, actually. I just uh, spent the holiday with my girlfriend. We took our dogs to a little ice cream shop, actually. So I'm past the trick-or-treating, but still went and showed the dogs off, and they were all dressed up. So you got to do something. That's cool. Yeah, it's weird because I I didn't stop trick-or-treating too long ago, but it's still kind of weird every Halloween that I'm not doing it anymore. And I still try to at least... Like go around the neighborhood and see the kids doing it and stuff. So, I think that's good, and I think if you're if you're sort of feeling a pain, I think maybe that's telling you that you want to keep doing it. Maybe I just don't want to be that adult showing up on the steps by myself, <laughs> Ask, asking for treats. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like Halloween came too fast. I don't know if it's just me, but October flew by and. I didn't get enough time to watch all the scary movies I wanted to watch or do any of the festivities and it just flew up, flew right up on me. Yeah, I agree. I heard someone saying that it should be like Thanksgiving where it's like the last Saturday of the month. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I would understand that for sure. And Thanksgiving, I'm just kind of, I like Thanksgiving, but now I'm just in that I want Christmas stage. I'm a big Christmas guy, so I'll still eat. I'll eat a bunch of food, but and I'm I'm still trying to catch up on Halloween a little bit. I'm still still got my decorations up, and I'm gonna have to rally a little bit and get get the last spooky energy exhausted out of me. Yeah, it's, it did come up fast though. So speaking uh, of spook, tell me about Mandy and the the beauty that is the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> Um, I'll be happy to, uh, um, I work on a show for Adult Swim. I co-created it called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Yes. And, and uh, very unique show. And, then I, <laughs> and uh, and I also did this thing called Too Many Cooks. And, uh, we'll get through to that. that yeah. I became, <laughs> I became friends with, uh, um, on Twitter with Panos Cosmatos because I'm just a big fan of Beyond okay, the Black Rainbow. Cool. Um, and his producers just emailed me out of the blue while I was uh, shooting Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. And they said um, they're in Belgium shooting their movie and uh, they were doing a set deck, you know, props mm-hmm. for the convenience s- store scene and, you know, making fake products to be in the on the shelves. And... I think Panos or Josh Waller, who was the producer. Okay. One of them got. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was just acknowledging that I'm still listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all. Uh, they got the idea of a product for macaroni and cheese called Cheddar Goblin, and it just made them laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they thought, why don't we have that as a commercial playing <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> somewhere in the movie? And 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 then they're like, well, I don't have time to do. It. They they were thinking Panos is like, I don't have time to do it. I'm shooting the movie. So very kindly, he thought of me. Uh, and uh, they needed it quite quickly, and um, so I uh, got Shane Morton, who does the horror makeup and is mm-hmm. a wonderful guy, uh, and we got it together quite quickly and shot it over a weekend. Um, do you think it fits into the movie well? Like the whole... I do, I do. I think... Um, I do, I think... Uh, well... It's hard for it's hard for me to wow it's hard for me <laughs> to analyze it because you know how when it's your own work you have a bunch of weird feelings about it yeah that you can't are totally really different. enjoy it like it's somebody else's work uh-huh um, but this is injected into someone else's work that I was enjoying yeah. so much I love it so much so um, it's hard for me to say what the normal reaction would be, but <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked it. I, well, I love the movie and I felt like it, it did fit in. What did you think? I was thrown off guard. Well, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was constantly thrown off guard by that movie. So like, I guess it, it didn't surprise me that much. I was like, Oh yeah, of course there's a, <laughs> at this rate, why not? <laughs> That's kind of where my head was at. I, I just, I think it fit into the chaos because I was just like, what the hell? But I was like, that's, I think that's the point. So, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I've heard, I mean, I've read articles, you know, um, some saying it kind of pivots the movie where it's either his descent into deeper into hell yeah, or yeah, that that's it kind of gives you permission to laugh as well as be horrified, you know? Yeah, because um, there's a couple crazed Nicolas Cage, like, looks and then he does the drugs and you're like all right <laughs> what is gonna happen next <laughs> that that movie was but, just heavy but i i overall really enjoyed it for sure yeah i could really talk a lot about i mean the as a just as a fan um mm-hmm. it's so interesting how it it takes its time in that first half kind of setting yeah. up that relationship yeah and it kind of lulls you <laughs> to a it, it's very effective i think a lot of filmmakers might have rushed through that um to get to the kidnapping and i thought oh spoiler alerts but um i thought <laughs> that was beautiful i loved that um it made it all more powerful um what was to come yeah i feel like the attention span of moviegoers is kind of lessening so if it doesn't just jump right into the plot oh you there hello you cut out for a second. Oh, that's that's a bummer. Hello? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hey. Can you hear me? You cut out for a second. Can you okay. hear me? Yes, I can. You were talking about attention span? Yeah, I was just saying like the, the attention span of moviegoers just seems to be lessened lately. And like if it doesn't jump right into plot that it's easier to get distracted. And I, I do appreciate the, the build of certain movies. So I wonder though if if maybe the the audience is ready for I mean the popularity of this movie maybe uh, people are getting tired of uh, movies and TV where they really rush through it and pack in too much you know yeah I, I um, think I mean I did just say that moviegoers are like it's lessening but it's it's definitely a divide I would say somewhat that's the case but in in other ways like the indie industry is like booming and a lot more independent products are wanting to be made and getting a lot more attention and more like artsy films. And I really, really appreciate that. Me too. Um, and you know, people say, well, things have to be shorter Yeah. and more like a YouTube video, but then, you know, the audience will binge watch, you know, <laughs> 10 episodes of a show. Right. So I'm not sure that's true either. I don't know. It's, I think it's a little of everything. I don't know. Streaming is just so weird now. It's like, 
It's, it's really weird to think about like how many people are not willing to go to the movies and sit, but they'll still, like you said, just sit and watch episode after episode of whatever. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. I don't really have the full scope of it, but sometimes it just feels like, at least my generation, like I don't feel as strong of a presence on going to the movies and stuff. And I think people always want to go to the movies, at least for a while, but now it's just Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or whatever's there, and it's, I don't know, it's weird. Everything's just really easily accessible, and that's kind of strange, Yeah, I guess. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of comedy routines sort of re- reacting against that, where yeah. everything's, you know, so... Where it's fun to just uh, not know something and not Google it. Just yeah. wonder it. You don't, know? don't know the summary. Um, don't know much about it. Just go and just watch it. It can be really fun. Yeah. So do you watch like um, stand-up and stuff? Oh, yeah. What, um, what are your yeah, some I watch of your a lot faves? of stand-up. What's that? What are your, some of your favorites? Um, Bo, let me think about this. <laughs> Uh, well, I actually like, um, you know, Netflix had the, the Chappelle specials. They had, um, this series called the comedians I thought was good. Yeah. I never um, got around to watching that. Was that, was that decent? Yeah. I enjoyed it. And they have a new one out called the degenerates, which is, I guess, more offensive comedy. I haven't <laughs> watched it yet, but, uh, um, and then, uh, who else? Oh, yeah, I need to watch uh, Nanette. Um, have you seen that? No, I haven't. What is that? Is, do I even have the name right? <laughs> it's it's a caused a big sense. Anyway, I won't describe it. It caused a big sensation. It's uh, <laughs> Austra- I think it's an Australian or a New Zealand comedian. I feel like everyone's uh, getting a, a stand-up special, so I can never keep track yeah. of all of them. I just try to watch the ones that I know. Hannah Gatsby is her name. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't heard of that one. But, uh, and I was just up in New York to see uh, Todd Solon's play. Um, oh, I didn't know he had a play. Yeah, call, it's, he, yeah it's called M and Max. The, Matt Servita, who plays Satan on our show, uh, was in it. And uh, it's oh, very beautiful. Very cool. Yeah. I definitely liked um, Chappelle's. He's just... I think he's just a master of his craft, honestly. Yes. I love everything that he does. So tell me a bit about how you actually got into, like, Adult Swim and comedy. Like, go as far back as you need. I'm, I'm really curious how how a mind can come up with some of the things that you've come up with, honestly. Um, hmm. Uh, I think... Um, the first, I think the first things I can remember being into were, um, that were just kind of weird were, the, were these, uh, they're bef- you might have seen them because they aired them forever, but they're, they're kind of falling away now. But were these Rankin-Bass Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? There, there was one, um, A Year Without Christmas, A Year Without a Santa Claus, which had yeah. the Heat Miser and the Freet Miser. Yeah, I love and those. And that, that really excited my brain. <laughs> And I drew that a lot and drew comics with those characters, with Heat Miser and I th- and just was inspiring. And Mad Magazine. And then um, kind of led into comics and I was into um, a, lot, a lot of comic books. And then Life in Hell, Matt Groening, I was into. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. Alexa certainly decided to turn on Alexa Stop. <laughs> That was horrifying. <laughs> that can that can be used in a horror movie, for sure, because that just terrified me. Just called uh, Alexa. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then I was into c- comics and short stories, uh, and loved uh, short like Raymond Carver or a lot of science fiction, Philip K. Dick, et cetera, et cetera. The I usual love suspects. Carver. You do? Yes, very much so. One of my all-time favorite writers, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a little while. I need to crack them open again. I, l- I love them too. I've read um, um, what we talk about when we talk about love, that collection, like 
I don't even know how many times. I just love it. Because I actually want to be a writer. Like, that's what I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. And Mm -hmm. I feel like his stories are... Like, when I read him, I'm like, ooh, that's the kind of thing that I want to to write. Like, that's how I feel when I read his stuff. And I think that's why I like it so much. Have you you seen... um, Have you seen Birdman? Yes. Yes, and they're putting on what we talk about when we talk about love. Yes. Like, that was a dream come true because I I had no idea. And that was just like an accumulation of a bunch of things because I was named after Michael Keaton. So I like love the Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So I love him. And like, I'm just always ready to watch whatever he watches because it's, I'm just like, yeah, I was named after you and you're awesome. And then Birdman ended up being like, one of my favorite movies of all time, like without a doubt. And then it just so happened that they were remaking that a play about a book that I also love. That's like, I don't know if it's hugely known. And I was just, I was just geeked. I love that movie so much. Here's a question for you. Do you feel like it was a good adaptation or was part of the idea that was not necessarily a good adaptation? Okay. Well, you see, it's really hard because that movie has so many layers to it that like yes i think i'm just so impressed with the fact that they're doing a movie about people who are doing a play based on a book and so i mean i i definitely like if if i try to separate the movie from if i try to look at it as if it's just like a documentary and it's just about the play then i definitely like just the sets and the characters and stuff but I can also see the complaint where like the older critic talks about it being like derivative and it's just, and when where Edward Norton's character gets all pissed about saying that Raymond left a piece of his uh, liver on the page every time he wrote and you're not doing it justice. And I definitely understand that, but I also think that that was important to Birdman, like, and representing Riggin for the character that he was a washed up actor who's trying to like remain relevant by doing something with soul and art. So I don't know. I really mm-hmm. wish I really wish that I could see that play like as it was written for the movie. And then of course if I saw the actor shoot himself, <laughs> I'd probably feel differently. <laughs> Spoiler alert, but <laughs> I'd probably feel differently <laughs> about it. What do you what do you think? <sighs> I f- it's been a while, I it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but um mm-hmm. I felt like it was kind of not – it was meant to not be a great adaptation. It was meant to be an adaptation yeah, yeah. that takes itself very seriously. Um, but it's hard to say. They didn't really give you quite enough to make that judgment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They only give you, like, the couple scenes and then, like, the one in the kitchen that's there for a while. And I think it would be really interesting to see that adapted, honestly. I Yeah, I agree. It, it was, you know, it's sad that he died. I wonder how old he was. It was sad he died because I, I thought Cathedral. He was young. Which I think was his last one was really great as well. Um, Didn't he die? What did he die from? I know it was drinking of some capacity because he drank like crazy. Yes, he did. Um, and that scares me because, like, since I want to be a writer, I kind of lean into the, like, tortured writer kind of thing. <laughs> and, like. I hope to not, I don't think I'll be an alcoholic, but like I'll always stay up like stupid late when I'm writing. And it's just this weird thing I feel like writers are drawn to of, I don't know. Depends on what you're writing, of course. When you're writing things like his that are like realistic fiction and poetry, I feel like there's got to be some sort of tragedy there. I could be way off, though. I'm not so sure, but uh, he was 50 when he died. Let me see what he did. Say what he died here. Um, can't, uh, uh, here we go. Lung cancer. So, um, I feel like he had cancer or something. Yeah, lung, yeah, lung cancer. Wow. So you're right. That is, that is so young. I think he was sober. Around the time he died. For a few years. I think you're right, yeah. But I know it was so heavy. And he smoked a lot, too. But yeah, his his stuff's really beautiful. Uh, and also, I even like shortcuts. The 
movie based on his stories. Although, yeah, I haven't seen that really yet. I've read the book, but I, I've I've yet to find time to watch the movie. I really want to. I don't know if it captures his. I don't think it does capture his style. It's 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 Robert Altman's style, but it's still mm-hmm. good. That's the director. Okay. Um, I still like it a lot. I'll still give it a watch. So yeah. when you when you write, like, I know you mostly write comedy. So how is that different than how you would think like writing darker things would be? Like, is it more lighthearted, or is it does it still like take a piece of you? I don't know. I, that's a hard question to answer because I think even when I try to write darker, mm-hmm. people interpret it as comedy. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't I mean, really speak to it. I can't. I, I'm. I don't even know a lot of things. I don't even think of. I'm trying to make them funny, um, but I guess they just start come out that way. I don't. It's hard to say. I've. I was. I had a teacher who was very. Um, like he was just. He was probably the funniest person like I ever met. He just constantly was making jokes, and then I stayed after class one day to just like ask him like how he was, and then he just went off about how like he's actually a pretty sad person and like he thinks that the the people with the most like difficulty are sometimes the funniest because also I'm not insinuating anything here <laughs> but <laughs> he was he was just telling me how like a lot of people who like comedians and stuff comedians have, are some of the darkest saddest like most thoughtful people so do you do you ever I think that's fair. do you ever feel that way about yourself? Do you ever feel like comedy is a way of like not necessarily distracting, but as as like a therapeutic way, or are you just you just chilling and you love comedy? What do you what do you I think? I definitely of that think of it as ther- therapeutic. Um, definitely. If you can skewer something that's bothering you, or if you can express something that's BS in a satisfying <laughs> way, it often is funny. I always have to ask myself, like, when when is it time to turn off? <laughs> you know, because I'm just constantly being sarcastic or ironic. And, like, what's really weird is, like, when I'm with my friends and we get to that area where, like, we know that we're joking about something that's actually dark or, like, actually sad or frustrating, but we continue to, like, joke. That's a really weird area that I feel like, like, that's what I think, like, comedians go to and stuff, like, they're very real and they say like very sad things, but it's it's okay to laugh at them. I don't know. I think laughing is really important. Maybe I went off a little bit. I th- but <laughs> I think of um, like if you, if you touch on sad things, I think um, diving in right into it can also be funny. Like if you have if a friend that died and you talk about them honestly, it can still be very funny. Right. Um, versus avoiding it with comedy, you can also pierce right into it. Just express authentically how you feel about it is funny. It's yeah. human condition stuff, you know. I don't know. I'm rambling now. <laughs> I'm rambling too, but you know that's the point. <laughs> so you you don't think. So you don't think in all situations comedy is like a like a mask over those feelings. Sometimes it just is that feeling. I definitely don't think it's a mask. I think a lot of comedy is not is the opposite of a mask. It's actually unveiling of the mask. Removing of the mask is, is the comedy. Hmm. Um, I like the thought of that. Uh, I mean, like Louis C.K., which I know is problematic now, but his comedy is his stand-up is very much saying things about himself that are shockingly true. Yeah, and it's he said I was gonna cite him, but like you said, it is problematic. But um, yeah, like he'll say things. One of his specials, he's like, <laughs> the likelihood of things, one of you will be dead by this upcoming Christmas. <laughs> And he's yeah. like, one of you are going to ruin your family's Christmas. <laughs> and like, that's, <laughs> that's very likely true, but that's, yeah, that's so messed up, <laughs> but it's like, everybody laughs at it. And I think that's, hey, I, did you see Horace and Pete? No, I have yet to sit down and watch that. I absolutely want to. I really, really want I, to. I really loved it. I really loved it. I just watched, I just, 
ended up watching it again with a friend, and he loved it too. It's is it on Hulu still? I mean, I know, you know? It, it's theatrical. It's very theatrical, but it's and it's not perfect, but it's quite beautiful. It's quite great. I really need to watch it, and I've been meaning to. I'm actually rewatching Louie right now. That's what that's what I've been watching. So instead of going further, because <laughs> I, I love well, that I, show. weirdly, I haven't watched a ton of Louie. I need to. I need to dive into that now. It's. Uh, there's so much TV now, though. I'm behind show. on everything. I know. I'm watching, like, four series right now, and I just don't know what to do. And I also, I did just get a copy I just finished of... Atlanta season one, for example. That's how <laughs> far behind I am. I think I, I think I finished Atlanta, like, a month ago. <laughs> season one. <laughs> what did you think of Atlanta? I liked it. I liked it. It was... Um... You know what interested me about it is... Um... It's not... Uh, they don't, what am I trying to say? It's not jam-packed. They give it a lot of time to breathe. Yeah. They give a I, few ideas. I feel what you're saying. A lot of time to breathe, which is, but it works. It's, it's good. Um, yeah, I don't feel bored when I'm watching it. Right. It definitely like marinates, I guess. I've, I've I wonder if sort of giving things too. time to breathe is the new jam-packing it in because maybe people are everything's been so jam-packed now people are like ugh yeah, it's too just, much information um, I need to just breathe I just went and saw the Suspiria remake today and it oh yeah how, how was that oh my god <laughs> have you seen the original no we. I was that's another thing I've, I've not watched any is it Giallo Giallo what's it called Giallo uh, Italian Yes, that sounds Italian right. horror. But I I, I haven't seen the original either. I was just curious, but um, it was. I loved it. I would say, like walking away from it, I just I really enjoyed being a part of it. But it was definitely very unsettling, and I could tell, like, like when you're watching a foreign movie, or a movie based on a foreign movie or with foreign elements, like there's always you can always see like the difference in what that area's audience is used to or like comfortable with watching you know and Mm -hmm. there were definitely some elements in it that were like yikes like it was fairly gory it was very erotic which isn't always like present i guess and it was it was kind of a slow burn but the editing was very fresh and unique and tom york did the soundtrack so obviously oh wow that was just incredible because Radiohead is my favorite band. I'll say it, but mm-hmm. but yeah, that was incredible. Um, so yeah, that I liked it. Great. I, it's definitely it's definitely something you want to watch. Did you did you see Call Me by Your Name? No, I haven't. Same director, so that was weird too, <laughs> because Call Me by Your Name is a very oh, slow. Oh yes, I, I've heard of this. So oh wow, so he really did a genre hop, which yeah. is smart. On his part. <laughs> yes. Call Me By Your Name is a very slow love story about an older man and a younger man. And it's like, and then it just goes to a witch cult at a ballet company. And it's, it was weird. And I got to tell you, like, if you get to watch it, there's an elderly man in this. And the movie was so weird and unsettling. Tilda Swinton is in it too. I convinced myself. Wait, we're talking about Suspiria, right? Yeah, Suspiria. All right. So I convinced myself that the old man in this movie was Tilda Swinton dressed up as an old man. That's how weird it was. And I know that sounds strange, but like I don't think that's the case now that I look at it. But like all the characters were spot on like obviously because it's a movie with the voices. But this old man, his vocals didn't always match his lips. And his voice sounded like Tilda Swinton doing an impression of an older man. That's interesting. Do what you want with that. And I could just be completely crazy. And I haven't looked it up yet. And I don't know why they would ever do that. But he was, there was something about him that was just completely off. And then I tried, and then I began convincing myself that it was just Tilda Swinton with really good prosthetics on. And I don't think that was the case. But. Wait a minute. Hold, do you want to know? What? Do you want to know the answer to this? Yes. Or do you want to, to. Yes, absolutely. Was this other character's name Dr. Joseph Klimperer? Yes, Joseph. 
Yosef. Well, it was Tilda Swinton. No shit. What? I just I looked it up on IMDb what? while you were talking. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pardon my reaction, but that is crazy. Oh my god. I'm telling you, I I convinced myself that I was crazy. I was like, there's no way. Tilda Swinton, and then they weren't in any shots together. And I was like, hmm. And I just kept looking at this dude's face. Okay, is it her dressed as him? Or is it her yeah. voice? Oh, I don't that I don't know. Let's see. Because that could change my reaction. <laughs> it doesn't sp- and also, it says she's also Helena Marcos as well. I don't even know. Third remember. character. What? Oh my god, it was her. It was her. Dude. That is insane. That's cool. I gotta I watch ser- this movie. I'll probably watch it this weekend. I seriously feel great. like... Wow. I thought I was crazy for a moment because I was looking at him... And when you, like, look at him close, his wrinkles don't, like, move, and he just has a very unnatural face. And you're like, mm-hmm. that looks fake. And his hair looks perfect. But then, and his his voice, his voice is what, like, really sold it on me. Is because I was like, okay, his the voice does not match the lips, and that sounds dead-ass, like, Tilda Swinton doing the voice of an old man. God, that's crazy. I can't wait to figure out why they decided to do that. Damn, That's that really makes cool. the movie so much more cool. <laughs> and I wonder how many people caught that, you know? And I just kept thinking, like, that had to have been so much work to have to go in and do every voiceover and to act two very important parts in the whole film. Wow. Yeah. The... <laughs> Pardon me. That's this really be- cool. This has become the <laughs> Suspiria review episode, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, so give it a watch. <laughs> which I'm embarrassed I haven't even seen the original. I, I haven't seen any Giallo, uh, which I need to rectify. I saw some articles that said that watching the old one before you watch this one doesn't really do you any favors, so that's why I didn't. But I plan, oh, okay. to, I plan to watch the old one now after I've seen this one. Dang. Dr. Yosef Klemperer. All right. We can talk about something else. Um... <laughs> What kind of movies do you like? Oh, man. Uh, Loaded question. I don't know what... uh, Well, I really loved Mandy, and I'm not being biased. I really loved Under the Skin. Oh, yeah? Uh, Is that Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I watched it once, uh, I think the year it came out. And I don't think... When did that come out? Because I don't think I was... I don't think I could really get it. Is that was my problem? I loved it was because it was. Yeah, let me look at this here. Let's see. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. So I was thirteen. I was thirteen. So I was thirteen when I watched that. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. I didn't get it. So you're eighteen <laughs> right now. I'm nineteen. I turned 19. nineteen in July. Yeah. Okay. So I was not old enough to understand that. <laughs> And that would be well. Why. That's almost a bummer. But yeah, you haven't you haven't seen enough to see how strange that movie was. I know it like was it weird. It has parts of it that are they shot with. They had her just go documentary style and interact with men who didn't know it was Scarlett Johansson in it, like a documentary really? style. Yeah. Wow. They combine that with highly stylized, and then Stranger Things heavily bit their style. Oh yeah, with the whole black pools. Yeah, uh, I do remember thing. that her like wading through the pools and all that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch that. And every time I every time I like see that, I'm like, oh, I already watched it. I didn't really care for it, but I didn't realize how young I was <laughs> and how incredibly different I'll view that now. But yeah, I, who? Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I mean, actually, I think I I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't. I I just saw it, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, I loved it. Um, what other stuff do you like? What other stuff? Uh, well, you give me a couple, and I'll it'll jar my brain. I'm trying to give think. Give me a couple. I like, All right. I like Gaspar No Noe. I like I like Todd Solons. Todd Solons, who who said in an interview that every movie he's made 
makes half as much as the previous movie. And I went to Box Office Mojo, and sure enough, he's right. <laughs> so huh. I'm like, Ugh, I what, wonder what how much he more done? he's going to get to make. But huh? What has he done? He his his probably his biggest movie is um, Welcome to the Dollhouse, but uh, also Happiness is one of his his most recent movie is called Wiener Dog. It's got uh, Greta Gerwig in it. Oh, um, really? And that I, movie. Oh, I've seen, seen the, it? I've seen that on. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime or something. I've seen like the. What's that? I've seen it on like Amazon Prime or Hulu or something. Oh I've yeah, seen yeah. The poster. Oh for my it. god. Okay, that's funny you mentioned that. A wiener dog on Amazon Prime. I'm gonna go to it right now. It has <laughs> like. Um, I have a wiener dog, so. It has I like. Have to watch it. I'm gonna go to Amazon right now because this cracks me up to no end. <laughs> um, it has. 2,600 reviews of which on Amazon Prime, which I think 2,500 are one star. Oh my god. People hate this movie so much. What? Because they, I think they thought it was going to be like a cute movie about a dog or a talking dog or something. <laughs> and it is not. So I'll just, I'm going to just read you a couple of these. <laughs> yeah. Well, utter waste of time. Uh, not it's so bad, it's funny kind of movie. It's just bad. <laughs> Do not watch this movie. It's absolutely terrible. Let me give you a, a blah, blah, blah. Uh, cinematic rubbish to the nth <laughs> power. Utterly loathsome. Wow. Todd Salons used to be a provocative somebody, now a cheap, pathetic sensationalist who wants to be darkly amusing and completely outre, but who, on the basis of this film, has lost control of his art. I just disagree with this. I think he's great. I just fundamentally disagree with what they're saying. People um, on Amazon think they're like, <laughs> I don't know. I think critiquing things in general is weird. Like anyone that I, I like, I could never make that a profession. Like giving my opinion. Like who am I? <laughs> you know. Okay. Here, here's another one. Near tasteless, poor structure, bleak and bland. If you want a Datsun or have a love for dogs, the first 10, 15 minutes are all you want from this movie. And then it ends with <laughs> final thoughts. Unattractive on the outside and the inside isn't making you any friends. Are they talking about him as a human being? <laughs> what do they mean, unattractive on the outside? What does that have to do with him? The poster? The name? No, they're not, they're not talking about the poster, surely. They're talking about him as a per Warning, not for dog lovers. <laughs> If you're an animal lover, stay away. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Where do I like people, him. I don't get that because, like, a couple of those reviews, like, subjectively could be completely wrong. So it's like, okay, well, then why did you why did you write that? <laughs> it's so weird writing reviews of movies and music. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's it's fun to talk. I mean, it's super fun to talk about. Yeah, I, I really enjoy discussing art, with my friends and stuff. I just think it's weird to like go on Amazon, put some hate speech yeah. out there, and then <laughs> walk away and be like, ha I did my duty. Someone will read this and know that if they love dogs, not the movie for them. I mean, if this is a brand of toaster or something, fine. Like, this <laughs> yeah. toaster didn't work. It doesn't toast well. <laughs> it, it, it gives too loud of a hum all the time. Fine. That's what I was thinking. But for a movie... I don't know. It's like, but it's like I have. To, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you what your other. I don't know what your favorite movie is. So, person right. on Amazon. So, am I going to really <laughs> take into account? What, anyway, whatever. Some of my movies. Uh, let me think. Birdman is probably probably top five of all time. I might say. Um, my favorite is Goodfellas. That is my number one movie ever. I could watch that. That's a great movie. What do you What do you respond to about that? About what? Goodfellas is it the classic American story of um, rise to power and then through corruption and then everyone turns on each other. Is it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, a beautiful. It's a great movie. I'm not. No, I love it too. I'm just was curious. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that it's just. I think Scorsese just does an incredibly good job of adapting stories, and I just. Yeah. It's so it's it's a long movie, but it doesn't feel long, and like, it hits so many points of people's lives, and it doesn't feel weird, like it doesn't feel like there's too many gaps of time, and it's just awesome. Now, it, yeah, it has a great energy, 
There's mm-hmm. so many mem- memorable scenes in it. So many memorable yeah. scenes. And the soundtrack um, is one of my favorite things ever. I love. Oh the yeah, soundtrack. it's great. Like it's one of those soundtracks where like I can't think of. Like when I hear those songs, I attach them to moments in the film, and I think that's a really special thing. The Scorsese always yeah. does that with his with his soundtracks, and I love yes. um, Casino too. Casino's pretty much like the same movie, but not as good to me. But it's again just awesome. Did you see Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I've seen that movie a ton. I like that. Uh, yeah, our one of our actors on Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, Henry Zabrowski, is in that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that movie's really good too. It, yeah, he's he, well. Yeah, he's great, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, Leonardo DiCaprio might be my favorite actor. He's just a powerhouse. So that movie's yeah, awesome. he's great. It's just he's, awesome. And I watched that the, scene where he's where he's high is very masterful. Oh my god, yes. Where he's drugged like, out trying to how drive do you the car. Do that? Or when he like yeah. flips himself down the stairs. My friends and I like to do impressions of him when he's on the phone trying to yell at uh Jonah Hill because he's just like he's just screaming nothing. <laughs> and I love when he like he thinks he's talking and then it shows him just pretty much brain dead. And that scene where he breaks the table, that yeah, that whole scene. I might watch that tonight. Man, I love that movie. It's so good. I think um, when we're talking about films, like what films need and what films have, I think Forrest Gump is the perfect movie, if we want to talk about that. It's not necessarily All my right. favorite, but I think that is like the perfect film. I think it has everything a movie needs. What do you think of Forrest I Gump? did not respond to that one, but I'm ready to watch it again because it is an American classic. You didn't like Forrest Gump? Is that what you're trying I to tell me? I did not like Forrest Gump. Are you going to hang up on me right now? <laughs> I don't know. It's getting pretty late. Uh... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That hurts. That does hurt. Okay. I can see why someone wouldn't respond. But I'll, I'll give it another shot. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, Maybe I'm just a sucker for Tom Hanks. But, like... I've always had this really weird distinction between my favorites and what I think are like objectively good things, which is silly and impossible, (laughs) but it's just another layer of subjectivity. But I always have that, like what I feel like is just a good like thing. And that's how I feel. I have that too. That's how I feel about Forrest Gump is I'm like, I just feel like my thought was, how can anyone not like this? But I guess, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I guess I was proven wrong today. But it's just like, there's that's another movie. There's just so much packed into that. And it's a Bill Dungeon, so it's just a whole life story. And I love life stories if they're done right. And that one's just, it just gets you. And then I always cry. There's a moment in that movie that always makes me cry. Like, no matter how many times I see it. And that's, spoiler alert, at the end when, um, when he meets his kid and all he says to Jenny is, you you may think this is just stupid considering the fact that you don't like Forrest Gump but I'm having a moment here uh he looks at Jenny and he's he, he just says is he and like nods at him like asking if if Forrest Jr is like also mentally at his level and i just think that's i don't know i fall for it i fall for it every time oh does she nod saying that he is or what does that no. mean no no, he's he meets Forrest Jr. And okay. The the first thing he says is he looks at Jenny and he just goes, "Is he?" And he like he like nods at Forrest Jr. And she just says, "No, he's very very smart." Oh, okay. I'm sure you thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't remember. You know, I I don't remember what I did. I had a problem with it. I had a political problem <laughs> with it. Oh, really? But I don't remember I could see exactly that. what it was. I had a problem with the theme of it. Um, okay. But I thought I, I was impressed with the t- – I mean, it's Robert Zemeckis, right? He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting. Uh, okay, here are a couple of movies. I'm, I'm like you. Like Under the Skin, for example. Okay. I love that movie. I'm not sure I'd put it in a, in terms of objectively great. It's just a movie yeah. I love. It's like a, That's a right. favorite movie versus objectively great. I'm going to list a few objectively – what I consider objectively great. Okay. You tell okay. me if you agree. All right? If okay. you've seen them. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. Wizard of Oz. Yes, objectively great. Princess Bride. Princess Bride is possibly the best movie ever made, so I'm going to have to say yes. Okay. On that one. <laughs> uh, Singing in the I Rain. Actually, 
Actually, hold up. I might have to pause on that one. I don't okay. know if I don't know if the Princess Bride. I think okay. I think it's an objectively great comedy. I think if you're looking at like the structure of comedies and what a funny movie should be, I think it's an objectively great comedy. But I do think that there are too too much of an area for people to disagree with like that movie being funny. I guess. So I don't know. But when it comes I don't to like necessarily being a comedy, think of it as a comedy. Really? I mean, it's funny, but I think of it as more primarily as a adventure. Um, yeah, and it, it's also a love story. And I think, yeah. I don't know, I might have to change my answer again. Because thinking about it, like, it, like, turns classic, uh, like, beats of a movie on its head. But it also captures all of those things. And you still root for the couple and you still. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a classic. I'll call it a classic. Yep. <laughs> Did you say Singing in the Rain was the next one? Yeah. I actually just saw Singing in the Rain last year for the first time, and it was in a film appreciation class, and everyone in that class hated it. And I was so confused because I loved it so much. They hated and it. They hated it. We um we usually w- we watch a whole film, and then the next class period we discuss the film. And I was getting so hyped for the next class period because I was going to be like, wasn't this amazing, everyone? Like, It just made me so happy. And it was just a great, great film. And then everyone's like, yeah, this sucked. It was way too long. The scene where he, like, the big dance scene where it just goes on for, like, nine, ten minutes. Everyone's like, that's way too long and boring. The movie sucked. I didn't get it. And the, the sidekick was just goofy. And I was I was heartbroken, to be honest. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just, I thought it was a magical movie. One of those movies where you just can't stop smiling when you watch it. That's how I feel. I like it a lot, too. I Did think I saw it in a film appreciation class. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Did you see uh, La La Land? Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I liked it. I Uh-oh. liked Damien Chazelle, and I loved... Um, I loved... Uh, what was his previous movie? Uh, Whiplash? Uh, Whiplash. I loved Whiplash. Whiplash is loved so Loved it. Um, La La Land is very good, but I felt like it was... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Tread lightly. Tread carefully. <laughs> okay. It, all right, because I can tell you love it. I, I felt like you could. I could see the um, – it's like if someone knows a dance and they can do the steps versus if they know it so well that it, they make it look easy. Oh, You know what I'm trying to okay. say? Yeah. Like but can, if there's a point where you can kind of they can hit all the steps, but it doesn't really look quite right. It looks good, but then it later okay. it's like it, they make it look very easy and it's fluid. I can definitely yeah, like the scene where they I felt like it was the earlier state. It's still yeah, very good, first, but it was the first dancing scene with them. I can definitely see that. You can tell that they're like novice at dancing. Well, I don't, I don't even I, mean literally. I don't actually. I, I don't mean like, literally um, the dancing. I'm. I mean metaphorically. I think like that kind of adds the movie to the as a whole. As far as aspiring to a comedy was, was, uh, I mean, as far aspiring to a musical, a whole classic Hollywood musical, uh, it, it wasn't quite as f- smooth and fluid and and had the liveliness to it, but it was still very good. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It was very good. You know what? I'm gonna even up. I'm gonna upgrade it from that. It was very very good. <laughs> I just I think it's charming in that way. Like I didn't. I'm not a big musical guy, so I didn't really expect it to be, like, smooth. And I think the That's fact fair. that, like, Ryan Gosling isn't a perfect singer, like, he got a lot of shit for that because people were like, he can't even sing. And it's like, well, that's kind of the point that's of it, kind at of least the point. to me. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I just thought and it was kind of charming. And the ending is very moving. The end, and the surprise, the sort of fake-out ending is great. Oh, I think that's... Uh, that was really, I think really that, well done. I agree with that you. That made the movie ten times better than it would have been had they just tied it up nicely. I think that was amazing. Most people I've seen it with did not agree, though. They were very hurt and angry at the film for not for not having a nice, happy little ending. But I saw it with my daughter, and she kind of looked at me, looked at me with a <laughs> sense of betrayal. <laughs> I know. I I went and saw that movie five times in theaters. That's the most I've ever seen any movie because I went and I went by myself. I went with like three friends. I went with my girlfriend. I went with my parents. Like I took everyone I knew to go see that. And like, and I've shown it to people like on home video after the fact, and that's what they've all they they all are like betrayed. They're like, wait, what? 
I thought I was going to get something nice here, and then it just... <laughs> I think it's so important, though, because it's compromise, you know? You got to have it. That guy's... Yeah, Damien Chazelle, man. He's got it going on. Have you seen yeah. First Man yet? No, I've, I really want to. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet either. I need to see it. I plan I, to go fact, see it I really it should see soon. that this weekend on the big screen. There's a lot of good movies out right now, so I'm having a hard time. Oh, yeah, it's fall when they put out the good movies. Yeah, I want to see mid-90s still. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go see Halloween this week, if it's still playing. Yep. And then I'm actually going to see 2001 A Space Odyssey tomorrow. Because oh, that's cool. Have you ever seen it? Me. I saw it a long time ago, but again, probably not when I was able to totally get it. And, I, and even then, I thought it was brilliant. So I'm really excited to see it on the big screen. I think that'll do me a huge service. And I like Kubrick's films a lot. I've... I've grown to adore Full Metal Jacket and The Shining and stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it'll be special. He might be my favorite director. He's Do great. you have any other uh, objectively good films on your list? We only got to what two, three. Um, who? Those were the one. Those are the big three. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They're good threes. Um, let's actually. But like, uh, but yeah, but it's my favorites. I mean, Kubrick and uh, yeah. Uh, are, are you yeah, a Doctor favorite? Strange Love 2001, Clockwork Orange. Full Metal Jacket is great. Um, I love that movie so much. It took me a while to come around to the second half because the first act is first half is so devastating. That's what's so weird about it because it's two completely different movies. Yeah. But then again, it's not because like you can feel you can feel the weight of the first half in the second, and it's always in the back of your mind. So I think that's really special. And for some reason, but what I I'm loved a, about go ahead. Um, I'm just a huge like fan of the. I can't think of the word, but I, I'm a huge fan of the last, the very last shot where they're marching and uh, chanting M I C K E Y. I don't know why, but like I love that. And then it cuts to credits and paint it black by the Rolling Stones comes on, and like that is yep. ingrained in my head. And like I don't know why, but like when that like kick comes in from the Rolling Stones, I'm just like I just watched Full Metal Jacket and it was just badass. Yeah. What were you gonna say though? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, that ending. The, did you read um, what is it? The uh, Matthew Modine book. Um, I think it's called Full Metal Diaries. I think it's called. No, I haven't. It's really good. Um, but uh, he good. didn't have that ending. He kept he kept uh, asking. <laughs> Kubrick kept asking. He had different ideas for the ending. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was inspiring, you know. Uh, but um, another thing I love about there's a lot of stuff I love about that movie. But one thing I love is a lot of war movies. Like I like Platoon too. I love Platoon, but mm-hmm. the combat it's sort of ill-defined in terms of where everybody is in relation to each other. It's chaos, yeah. which is a valid way to do it. But with that sniper scene, it's very defined. The you know, it's it's small, but it's real. You know. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, yeah, man. He's great. So yeah. l- let's talk a bit about Adult Swim because I think it's okay. so cool that you work at Adult Swim. Like, holy shit. I do too. Awesome. I love Adult Swim so much. I really I grew, like That's what I grew up. I'm a my, huge my fan. dad and I would just always watch like Space Ghost and Aqua Teen. And like, that's my sense of humor. That's like, that is the funniest stuff in the world to me. So how did how did that even come to be? Um, I, I got a job at Cartoon Network uh, doing promos, okay. and then from there, uh, which you may have seen some, you might have been the right age for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then from there, I was able to start doing Adult Swim promos, and then did this uh, Blair Witch thing, Blair Witch Scooby Doo, Blair Witch thing, okay. and then. Uh, did a show, then, and I started writing Aqua Teen uh, and Harvey Birdman, and then <laughs> I had a show for a while, a season called Stroker and Hoop, and then uh, started, and then got over there full time. Was off to the races. How does it work? Is it just like a big building where everyone just comes and talks? Because I feel like there's so many different shows and writers and stuff. Like, or is, it, is a lot of it phoned over? Like, how does it work? Um, it is. It's a medium-sized building. And first, I'll answer your question about building size. It is a medium-sized building <laughs> uh, across the freeway from the rest of Turner. 
And okay. uh, there's the in-house shows, of which there are a few. The main in-house shows now are Your Pretty Face and uh, 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 Squidbillies. My family just got home. Um, <laughs> Squidbillies you know, is Back in the day, too. there were some more. But yeah. And then the out-of-house shows are out of New York and California and so forth. Oh, um, that is very cool. Yeah. So did you go to school for writing, or did you just, like, how did you Hey, can we pause get... for one second? Yeah, for sure. Let me just pause for, I'm going to, my uh, daughter just got home from this thing. No I need, like, all. two minutes. I just got to ask time. her how it was and everything. Take your time. I'll be right back. Um, what were we talking about? I could go back and... Uh, da, 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 da. I was asking you how you actually got the job at Cartoon Network, like in the first place. I think. Yeah, so I was doing promos. Like if you went to school um, for it. I did one at Cartoon Network. Like I did one of Fred Flintstone trying to find a parking space at Cartoon Network. I did uh, one where like. The so did you study like art or writing? Film or so. Uh, and I had a minor film, okay. in creative writing. I was a film history double major with like a minor in creative writing. Um, that is funny. I am a film philosophy double major with a minor in creative writing. Oh, is that right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, this is funny. You, you may be, although your parents, uh, so I was going to major in film and then my parents were like, that's great, but, you know, you should probably have a backup. So, uh I looked at it and was like, you know, I can do a double major. And they go, okay, great. What's the other major? And I said, history. And they're like, history? That's your backup? He <laughs> 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 had a point, but, you know, that's what I was interested yeah, in. Yeah, I, I mean, philosophy in my idea, like in my head, is just like supplement to the writing and the film because I'm just forced to do a lot of thinking and I definitely... I definitely feel that my writing and my ideas are changed drastically from the philosophy that I'm well, That's so good. That's kind of how I look at it is it's just like supplementary rather than like actual technical job study. But yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So that's kind of scary. Where are you going to school? Hopefully I'll just get some. I'm going to Eastern Michigan uh-huh. down in by Detroit in the bottom of Michigan. It's a it's a really good school. I like it a lot. Um, it was primarily a teacher's school for a long time. It was mostly teachers that went here to learn how to get their degrees. But they have a lot of nice equipment and stuff and a lot of passionate teachers. So I don't know. The I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping to get some internships or something and then go somewhere. But I'm I'm kinda the major I'm doing is like film and radio and T V. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I learn enough stuff to where I can do a multitude of things. And I'd love to write. I'd love to write for a show or write for a movie or any of that because writing is my number one passion and that's what I've always wanted to do. But I wanted to go to school and going to school for just creative writing is kind of a waste of money to me because I'm not learning anything. I'm just like having people, I'm just paying thousands of dollars to have people read my work, right. I guess. So that's why, that's why I have it as my minor. But that's since I was probably like seven or eight, I've known that I want to be like an author. That's my main goal. So we'll see what happens. It's got a lot of time left. And then the podcast, I'm just enjoying that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, um, the uh, going back to Cheddar Goblin, the the editor of that, my friend Paul Painter. Oops. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you cut Hold out on. if you're trying to talk right now. I can't hear you. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Should I call you back? I can hear you now. I'm going to call you back. I'm getting a buzz. Hold on. That's fine. Hey, oh, okay. I was getting a screech, so. Uh-oh. So I heard you say your, your editor Oh, yeah, that my editor, the... Uh, Editor of Cheddar Goblin, who also is the voice of Cheddar Goblin and the announcer, Paul Painter, mm-hmm. who I also worked on Too Many Cooks with, uh, and, and Your Pretty Face, is from Detroit. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm really happy that I'm making connections with people. Hey. So that, like, when I do try to 
do work or something? Or? Here's a question for you. You know, I'm not completely lost. I've got a question. What? So were you inspired at all by Judd Apatow, how he would interview comedians? Absolutely. I've, I've read the book and I think it's, I think it's incredible. I mean, did that inspire you um, starting the podcast? Yeah, a little bit. It did. I would say it's a combination of that book and then uh, Mark Marin, actually, his podcast. Yep. Because it's a combination of me duping people into thinking that I'm important, <laughs> <laughs> like Judd Apatow did. And then I love the way Mark Marin interviews because I just, I'm not a big fan of like snippet interviews, you know, where you're like, how is the blank you're working on? And then it's like a quick answer. Like, I like to have a conversation with people. And my goal is more to learn from people and to like make relationships rather than just get a soundbite on the projects they're working on. And so that's kind of what I what I took from Mark and Judd. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both for sure. And it's it's kind of kind of scary sometimes to get to email people and and try to convince them that I'm important, you know. <laughs> but well, but I've at the end of the day, I feel you got. like. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I just, I send hundreds of emails like every day. That's pretty much what I do. And I, I call sometimes, but I get so scared to be like, hello, Hollywood. This is a 19 year old here. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you, I, I, like, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me so much because, you know, not everybody does. And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to have conversations, and I feel like by the end of the conversations, like that's that's clear, and like that's what becomes the most important part. So I guess that's that's kind of my goal and what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's a good goal. But it's a worthy goal. You're you're on the other end of it, so you can let me know if I'm failing or not. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. Thanks. My voice went up too high. You're doing great. For, for over... You're doing great. <laughs> We've been talking for over an hour, so it hasn't been completely. Yeah, for that's a success, I'd say. All right, well, we can wrap it up there if you want, unless there's any any big things you got to say. Anything on your mind um, in particular? You got anything to recommend? Any movies or TV to recommend like, me? Or the audience? Oh, actually, um, we didn't actually. Okay, hold on. I have something to say, but I'll answer your question first. Uh, Suspiria, very good. Yep. Um, I just watched Richard Linklater's. Uh, is that how you say it? Linklater. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. He did Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Um, I I watched his movie Waking Life. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, before. I have. I, well, I just watched that again for the first time in a couple years, and I think it's so strange. It's so cool. I have two friends in that um, movie. Anything. That I've worked with. Really? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. The movie's so strange and hard to follow, but I love it. That movie like sparked the little philosopher inside of oh, me. Oh yeah, honestly. like that was that was one of the first works I saw that was like challenging to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to ask about all things. <laughs> but yeah, I love that movie. Um, let me think. Arrested Development. If you haven't watched, oh that, yeah, that's that great. Prob- probably the best written show on TV that I've ever seen. Um, BoJack Horseman, getting through the new season. It's great. I love BoJack Horseman so much. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that would be new to you, but uh, let me think. I just, I watched, I finally got around to watching Manchester at the Sea. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not seen that yet, but I like that that playwright, uh, Kenneth Morgan, right? Yeah. If you like feeling crushed. (laughs) I do. Absolutely crushed. That is the movie to go to. I do like it. And then in the same, oh, I went and saw The Old Man and the Gun in theaters oh yeah how was that and that's it was good it was very charming it was it was very nice it was very nice have you seen um butch and sundance kind of a little a little bookend there no i haven't that butch and sundance is was sort of robert redford's breakout western Mm -hmm. when he's young so you should watch that kind of bookend it yeah um for sure i will he's very charming even at his age on, on screen, he still seems comfortable. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I like him. Uh, I'm going to recommend two to you from people that were in Waking Life. Um, okay. First is this guy, uh, Speed Levage, Timothy Speed Levage. Um, okay. You'll you'll have to look. if You you can look up and see. I can't remember who they were because they're themselves in the 
uh, movie, yeah. but um, there's a there's a documentary about him called The Cruise, which is very magical. Okay. He was a double decker tour bus guide in New York City, but his he would take that mm. opportunity with this captive audience to uh, just improvise and talk about all manner of freewheeling things, and it's really great. It's a really great documentary. And um, the second thing, I'll definitely give that a watch. And then the, the other one is uh, Kaveh Zahedi, who is this great filmmaker. Um, I think he turns into God in Waking Life. Um, yeah. He has a show. Uh, he's done a bunch of great things, but uh, he has a show called The Show About the Show. And every episode is about the making of the previous episode and all the problems they hit. <laughs> what the? It's awesome. <laughs> it's great. That sounds difficult to watch. It's, trust me, it's really entertaining. I know it's super meta, but it is... I love meta things. It is meta, love but it's meta. actually very human. It's great. Um, highly recommended. Um, yeah, give it a try. Give awesome. it a try. Yes, yeah, he... Yeah, I'll for sure give that a watch. So yeah, I guess I'd recommend Manchester by the Sea and then Louie. You should get into that for oh, sure. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to f- wrap that up. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it for now. Oh, have you have you seen or heard of Mandy? <laughs> no, but I'll have to check it out. I heard <laughs> it kind of sucked. There was this really stupid part with this goblin. Thing. Yeah, I heard that was just gimmicky and just you know didn't why bother didn't really. <laughs> bother <laughs> didn't really make sense <laughs> all right all right well, this is going to be fun to edit this was a good conversation it was very nice talking please to you. edit anything I out that i said that sounds dumb so that i can <laughs> seem smart we we, we got to keep it in for posterity okay I, f- I feel like we could talk forever so i would love to have you on again like later next year or something because i feel like there's still a lot of a lot of stones unturned. We haven't even talked about too many cooks yet. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, let's do it next year.